Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. Give your glucose alerts and readings from the G7. Do not match symptoms or expectations. Use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSEN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Hour number two. The numbers game at VSEN, the Sports Betting Network, VSEN.com, the VSEN F, Rubos, Link, A Plus, Hard Radio, YouTube TV. It's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here as well. Jeff Parlay, by the way, uh, not only produced number five and eight, but uh, once again, does a show called Bet Center each and every Saturday and goes by the name of Jeff Parles. You still doing that, Jeff? Of course. You switch it to to uh, to Parles at that point? Yeah, we still we're still there. Okay. Adam Burke and myself this Saturday. Oh, dude, I love hosting shows with Adam Burke. That could be a baseball fest. Since you bring up Adam Burke, and that immediately triggers baseball in my head. I saw that Jeff Passan. Could we do a little? Could we do a couple minutes on sports radio here? Do we? Uh, let's do a little sports radio for a second. Jeff Passan, I saw at ESPN wrote a a Barry Bonds piece this morning, which reminds me. That is, is, it's Hall of Fame voting day today. Is that what that is today? Apparently so. So, you know, if you've listened to this show for years and years and years, every year at this time, I have my same rant. If Barry Bonds is not in your Hall of Fame, Major League Baseball, you might as well not have a Hall of Fame. And I saw that Passan uh, wrote something about this this morning. I've been saying this for years. This is the deal with Halls of Fame if I may, we are caretakers of what essentially is a museum for a sport. We pass it on to future generations. It is not our place to be so arrogant to determine for future generations who they even get to see in that Hall of Fame. If you want to put a plaque by Barry Bonds or a plaque by Pete Rose or whatever, that explains to future generations what it is that they had as a scandal during their careers, or in the case of Pete Rose, post-career as well, then you're welcome to do that. But to eradicate them from the museum entirely is absolutely the height of arrogance. And these, uh, these people who vote, the baseball writers or whoever has Hall of Fame votes votes who uh, who keep Barry Lamar Bonds out of out of baseball. This is ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. And and I could go on, and I think I will, Jeff. Just for those who don't understand what we're talking about, we're talking about a guy who at baseball might have been better than Michael Jordan was at basketball. Let me just put it that way. Craig Biggio's in the Hall of Fame. He drove in 1,175 runs in his 20-year career. 1175. Barry Bonds home runs alone drove in 1174. 
Jeff, you'll stop me when you get tired with all this stuff. You ready? You tired yet? <laughs> Good going. 2001 to 2004, Fangraph's War. Expos, 30.7. Detroit, 30.9. Royals, 31. Brewers, 45.3. New York Mets, 46.6. Barry Lamar Bonds, 46.6. Oh, there's more. Most intentional walks in baseball history. Bonds, 688. Second place, Pujols, 292. 26.3% of Barry Bonds' 12,606 career plate appearances ended with a home runner walk. 26.3%. Because they were terrified of him. And when he got the one pitch, he parked it. Anyway, there's tons of these. 49.1% of his career hits. 2,935, by the way, almost 3,000 were extra base hits. Let me just cut to the chase and go to the greatest Barry Bonds stat there is. How about that? In the year 2004, Barry Bonds reached base 376 times. Do you know how many at-bats he had, Jeff? He reached base 376 times. He had 373 at-bats. No player in the history of Major League Baseball ever reached base more times than he had A-Bs. By the way, you know who second and third on that list is? Barry Lamar Bonds in 2002 and Barry Lamar Bonds in 2003. Do you know who's seventh and tenth on that list? Barry Bonds and Barry Bonds, 2001, 2007. Anyway, you get the idea. Stop with this. Stop with being so arrogant to keep this guy out of the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he was not a great guy. Great. So sick of these sports writers. Art Monk didn't make the NFL Hall of Fame as the guy who retired with the most catches. Like there's a position called wide receiver. The first task of a wide receiver is to catch the ball. He was the centerpiece of three Super Bowls. You kept him out of the Hall of Fame for nine years because he didn't want to talk to the press. So the Peter Kings of the world, who were Giants beat reporters and had Hall of Fame votes, kept him out. Oh, we thought Gary Clark was more scary than Art Monk. Bruh, if you had all 22 footage, you would have known differently. And Peter King admitted as much to me many years later. Anyway, don't be, don't be, don't let sports writers fool you as to who is great and who isn't. That's all I'm saying with that. Anyway, rant over. Tennis, we lost yesterday. We lose again. Gael Monfils lost in five sets to Matteo Berrettini. Was down two sets, tied it up at two sets apiece, and then absolutely collapsed in the fifth set. Brutal. So another just tough loss in this Australian Open. Only have one play today. Here's the deal with the Australian Open at this point as we're in the quarterfinals here moving forward. The lines for the sides on these are all dead on as far as I'm concerned. Big favorites on the women's side, uh, primarily men's side as well, with the exception of the center Tsitsipas match, which is more closely lined than the others. But there is no play on a side for me. But I will do this on the Tsitsipas center match. That's uh, Yannick Sinner, who is a favorite over Stefanos Tsitsipas. No play on the side. But I did take over 39 and a half games in that quarterfinal match tonight. Over 39 and a half games, minus 120. You'll probably find it at 40 or 40 and a half right now. I would certainly play it at 40. Don't let it get higher than 41. Let's put it that way. But basically, the bet is you're playing for a non-straight set outcome. 
you're playing for each player to win at least one set and hope then that not all four of those sets are, you know, dominant, like 6-2, 6-3s, 6-4s kind of thing. You want to get at least one or two longer sets in there. But that's basically the bet to get it to four sets. So over 39 and a half games, minus 20 on the Stefanos Tsitsipas Yannick Sinner match. Were you surprised I was going to talk baseball, Jeff? You didn't know that was coming, did you? I just happened to geek, glance and see the passing article. I'm like, oh, it's that time of year. What's that sport again? Exactly. By the way, one of the greatest tweets during the Bills-Chiefs game, I don't know if it was during the Bills-Chiefs game or was it during the uh, Bucks-Rams, but Dan Heron, do you remember Dan Heron? Of course. Former Major League pitcher Dan Heron. I assume he's not pitching anymore. Is he pitching? No, he's been, yeah. he's been out of the league for a while. You, you never know what baseball players are like. Is Dan Heron around? Dan Heron, during all of that unbelievable finish to the, to the Bills-Chiefs game, he wrote, he goes, the, uh, he goes, baseball's in a lockout right now. <laughs> it's by comparison, that sport to football. Was it, is a lockout the correct term for it now? At this that point? is correct. Yeah. Baseball's course, in a lockout. That's all course, he had to say. And, of course, the report yesterday that the owners are willing to lose games over this. is just, uh, just just really, really brilliant where brilliant. Where, where the NFL, where, again, remember the nonsense where, where people are like, oh, I'm not going to watch the NFL anymore, and they shattered every television record there ever was this season uh, for individual games for a whole season. Uh, and baseball's just sitting there on the side, so willing to lose games when they have the so most – the best collection of talent the sport has ever had. Just, the, the, just again, it, not that Roger Goodell is the greatest commissioner in the world, but he's a thousand times better than what MLB has. I thought Rob Manfred, when he first got that job, I remember being at the Sloan Sports Analytics Conference at MIT, and Rob Manfred was there, and he was saying all these progressive things. I was like, oh, this dude, oh, thank goodness for him, is the worst. Always pressing the wrong buttons. That point you made, though, Jeff, is, is a great one. With the greatest collection of talent right now, maybe that we can ever remember at one time in terms of young players in baseball, and you're going to botch this. I just thought that Dan Heron tweet was phenomenal. Right in the middle of it, he goes, just a reminder, baseball's in a lockout. <laughs> That's great. That's the juxtaposition to that sport compared to football. So, by the way, we, we never got a chance, you and me, to talk about our thoughts on the championship games. What are you betting? Are you betting anything here? If you made me bet the AFC game right now, I'd only lay at the flat seven. Me too. If you made me bet the NFC game at the moment, I would take with San Francisco at three and a half. Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling with the NFC game because I have Rams NFC futures, right? So that always pollutes the thought process on this where you're like, well, I have the Rams futures. I have plus six, not even at a great number, by the way, but from before the season, Rams to win the NFC at plus 650, which... On the doorstep of cashing that, it's fabulous to have. Matt Brown has like plus, I think he's like 14 to 1 or something like that, 12 to 1 or something like that, NFC, and then he also has Super Bowls. So obviously I want that to cash, but if I did not have that ticket, I think I would say exactly what you said, Jeff. I think I would take the three and the hook and pray that Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't flirt with three or four Pick sixes. Every by the way, every time he threw, every time he threw one of those outs late, and you had the I had the Niners plus the points. You were just like, oh, oh thank God it got there. You, Gil, you th I thought he was going to throw multiple 
pick sixes the way he was. No, that's what I just said. Yeah. Like, I mean, there were literally three or four times where you're like, oh, just got there in time. And the difference between him, that luck, versus Tannehill throwing it in tight coverage, and of course, it bouncing up in the air and landing in a linebacker's hands at the end. So I think I, if I didn't have the Rams' future, I think if you're just if I you know if I was blank on that, and you're asking me what I would take right now, I would take the Rams. Excuse me, the Niners plus the three and a half. The Niners who have not let me down yet doing that here for this latest stretch. But that should be fun. That should be the one that I really do think the Chiefs are gonna are gonna run the Bengals. The Bengals have had so much good fortune, which I'll be happy to go through later again. By the way, uh, if you'd like me to coming back. Jeff, no, Jeff Schwartz is, is in a little bit. Greg Peterson next. College basketball. It's VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds you know, the basketball nerds. They're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You know, watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude, today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament? Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was – Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, just I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton? Is a is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of the. Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to like you know Lil Durk, and you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you? T- why are you telling me the whole time? <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back to a numbers game. And of course, if you missed any of the show today, or anything on the VEASAN schedule today. Don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to VEASAN.com slash podcast and get, of course, the Beating the Book podcast with our guy Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we have Hardwood Handicappers and Lombardi Line. A numbers game, follow the money. My guys in the desert and coast-to-coast hoops with our next guest, Greg Peterson, and many more. 
They are all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Thank you for filibustering, uh, filibustering there, uh, young Greg. Oh, I mean, young Jeff. They didn't. Uh, I was I was making a wager and uh, we got severely limited on something. OK, that's not fun. Anyway, let's let's talk some college basketball. This is the beauty. In case people don't, basically don't think we're uh, multitasking here, we are. Let's talk some college basketball, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, along with Michael Lombardi, he's the only person on this network to have a show with his name in the title, the Greg Peterson Experience. Ladies and gentlemen, time to experience Greg Peterson. How you doing, Greg? I'm doing great, and this is the real Greg on this one, not Jeff. Yeah, no, I was, <laughs> was I was distracted. <laughs> I was distracted by something, if you know what I mean. Uh, Greg, okay, oh. so there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people right now who are football. Is, is, they've all been immersed in football, right? That's dying down here, obviously not completely, because we have the two championship games of the Super Bowl, but you get it, right? We only have three more football games. And then, of course, they will shift to other things whether that's pro basketball, whether that's the Olympics, for goodness sake, which apparently a numbers game investigation reveal are about to start as well. I didn't know if you know that, the Winter Olympics. But then there's college basketball. And a lot of people casual will join us, you know, conference week or even for the, for the big dance. But for those who are a little more entrepreneurial in this and who want a futures bet to make now here towards the end of July, there's a lot of pretty good numbers out there. Who might you recommend taking a flyer on? Well, when it comes to who's number one this year, fortunately, it's not as cut and dry as it was a few years ago. Last year, it was Gonzaga very clearly number one, Baylor number two, and then you had darn near everyone else. A few years ago, it was Zion Williamson and company who was number one, and then everyone else was fighting for those other spots. But you take a look at the odds board right now. How about a team that we wound up just seeing last night? Texas Tech at 40 to 1. I think that these guys could be able to make a run at 41. I don't think that they necessarily win the title, but if you wind up getting the right matchup, this is a team that they're able to make a run to the final four. If they wind up being able to make a run to the final four, from there you're able to hedge out, be able to get some money from there. So I think that that's relatively solid value. If you look at the top Gonzaga at 6 1, should they be the short shot? I think that you could make a relatively good argument for it there. I don't think that you're going to find a lot of value with say along with maybe like a Purdue at 10 to one, but the one team that I feel like could make an argument for number one right now, that is right now out there. And I know that Jeff has been in agreement with me here, Arizona team that we're going to be seeing tonight against UCLA at 15 to one. They're in the top 10 in both offensive and defensive efficiency. When you take a look at Kempom's criteria to be able to win a title, they fit darn near all of it. And I think that this is a team that if they're able to keep this going, and I do think that they're going to be able to, because now we're in late January, 15 to one among the short shots. That'd be the one that I'd be looking at the most. Hmm. 15 to one on Arizona. Interesting. Um, do you think there is a team above reproach? Like, in other words, with the NFL playoffs, we were saying, all right, well, every team is flawed. We might have a different opinion of that right now heading into the championship game. But do you really feel there's one team above the fray? Like, or, or do you see that, that, that every team on a given day can get knocked off? There's no real dominant team here, is there? Absolutely. There's no dominant team. And I'm always of the belief of using the boxing analogy, matchups make fights. If you wind up getting the right matchup, if you wind up getting the right draw in the NCAA tournament, you could wind up seeing a team that's a little bit further down the board, like 
if Xavier Pinson winds up coming back for LSU, who, by the way, ranks number one with regards to points allowed on a per-possession basis, that's a team that could wind up making a run. And you just take a look at a team like even, we'll throw out their USC, for instance. They're at 55-1. to Their free throw shooting is absolutely awful. If they wind up blocking in that free throw shooting, they've got a guy by the name of Isaiah Mobley, who's six foot ten, shooting over 40% from three. He's able to give you 10 rebounds per game. Heck, I mean, even Wisconsin. Wisconsin has right now a guy that could win player of the year and Johnny Davis. They're right now 40 to one. So there's a lot of different teams that could wind up making a run this year. And that's what makes college basketball so unique because typically you're able to lock in on sort of those eight to 10 teams that are able to make the final four this year. I feel like that pool is significantly deeper. All right, Greg, this is, this is a ridiculous question for me to ask you here in January because it requires multiple sort of levels of thinking here, but it is my single favorite college basketball questions because these betting markets do pop up before the big dance. There's obviously the NIT as well. And we will get, you know, we'll get markets. Okay, who will win the NIT? Who will win the NIT? And so what I guess what I'm asking is, what's the team right now as you look at the landscape? And again, prefacing it by saying this is impossible to answer. That's probably not good enough, right? Might be a bubble team that might not get into March Madness, might not get into the big dance but would get into the NIT and would be motivated enough based on their coach or their circumstances to try to win that tournament. I always think the best looks at these are the teams that are just outside the power five, but are sort of in those next group. I'm talking about a team out there in the Atlantic 10. How about maybe a team like a Dayton who wound up already this year being able to knock off Kansas. They were able to knock off Belmont in a multi-team event out there in Orlando. You throw out there pretty much the entirety of the Mountain West. If Teams like Colorado State don't wind up getting into the NCAA tournament. Maybe you throw in there a team like a San Diego State who wound up curb stopping UNLV yesterday. These are the sorts of teams that I would always be taking a look at because these are typically the teams that are hungry to be able to hang a banner. They typically have quite a bit of talent, but they wind up getting a little bit overlooked with regards to the NCAA tournament because they do play in a little bit of a lesser conference. You get fewer bites at the apple to be able to get things like quad one and quad two wins. So those are the sorts of teams I'd be looking at. Teams are just outside the power five, but are still in relatively solid conferences that have been able to pull off a couple of nice wins in the non-conference. Do you ever bet that market? I love betting that thing. I always think it's intriguing. I have never jumped in on odds to be able to win the NIT just because it is what it is. It's a lottery ticket. You need to really be banking on a team being like, all right, we are <laughs> going to do just enough to not make the NCAA tournament. And I mean, the team that wanted winning it last year was Memphis, a team that I think has coach number 358 out of 358 in all of college basketball. So that tells you just how wonky things are. Fortunately, this year, I don't think that the NIT is going to be taking place in Frisco, Texas. That was unique in and of itself. But it's just something I can't get into because it's just so hard to gauge. All right, Greg, marquee matchup in college basketball tonight. Hard to argue with this. Arizona, the number three Wildcats who you were just speaking of. Against the UCLA Bruins, number seven in the country at UCLA, Arizona favored by three and a half. Your thoughts, sir? Late game, 11 p.m. Eastern. That sucks being on the East Coast sometimes. Uh, 8 p.m. Pacific. What do you got? This is one in which I'd be taking a look at three and a half here with UCLA, not necessarily taking the money line because 
it is a true road game still for Arizona. And if you're looking at these games out in the state of California, what you're noticing is that there's not a lot of fans in the stands. I think that it's going to be limited slash no fans once again for this game. So that's something that you will do want to be taking note of. But at the same time, UCLA, they've been able to get back Cody Riley. They've got a very good offense and they've actually throttled up last year. They were in the bottom 100 with regards to possessions per game. This year, they're in the top half of college basketball. I just mentioned it with Arizona. Top 10 in the country with regards to both offensive and defensive efficiency. But the one thing that you've got questions with is really the only ranked team that Arizona has been able to knock off this year was that game that they wanted playing against Illinois. They actually wound up having to Uber to the stadium on that day, and they were able to get the job done. But I still do think that this is a UCLA team that is worthy of being in the top 10. I don't know if they pulled the game off outright, but Tiger Campbell has been shooting significantly better. You still got Jaime Hawkes. And for Arizona, it's a team that could wind up being a little bit shorthanded because Azula Sabellis wound up getting injured in that last game against Sanford as well. All right, and we got about 45 seconds. Your favorite pick or picks beyond that tonight are? Wound up giving this out for DK Nation. I'm going to be taking a look at an under here for Alabama versus Georgia. Wound up being in the low 60s when I wound up giving this out, seeing it anywhere between 159 and 160. Got a Georgia team that is just downright untrustworthy right now when Alabama had success last year. They were able to get things wretched up on defense. It's an Alabama team that's right now shooting only about 31.5% from three-point range. So I think that the total is too lofty. I don't want to be betting on Georgia getting to 70 in this game. So take a look at the under. Okay. Greg, appreciate it as always, man. Hey, next time, could you bring a little more energy to the show? I'd appreciate that if you did that, a little more energy. We will do that. It's a joke, Greg. It's a joke, for God's sakes. Thank you, Greg. The Greg Peterson Experience Weekends here at VEASAN. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it as always. Thank you, Gil. Always a pleasure. You can uh, follow Greg on Twitter, by the way, at GUnit underscore 81. GUnit underscore 81, which he, uh, he named after his favorite football player, Arthur Monk. No, it's not true. It's Anquan Bolden. He actually, he loves Anquan Bolden. GUnit underscore 81. Jeff Schwartz played in the league for the better part of a decade. He's got thoughts on the NFL. We'll hear them next right here on a numbers game at Visa and the Sports Betting Network. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN has a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. It's our all new big game, big dance special, providing VSIN Plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th for only $69. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24 7 video access, the upcoming big game and college hoops betting guides, plus full access to VSIN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of our best deals of the year. Visit VSIN com slash big deal to sign up today. Skill Alexander, ladies and gentlemen, he played in the league for the better part of a decade. He's got a podcast called Jeff Schwartz is Smarter Than You. Love the name. Works for uh, Sirius, works for Fox. It's Jeff Schwartz, everybody. How you doing, Jeff? I am good. Unfortunately, I wasn't smarter than everyone last weekend. So <laughs> hopefully, I'm, I'm hoping this weekend is a little bit better. I know, I mean, I feel like most of us did not have four road teams with the with, with the possibility of winning but we had uh the most fun i can remember in the division around last week i'm hoping this championship weekend um will deliver uh, the same I'm, I'm a little worried about one of the games but um uh, i'm excited to uh to talk about it with you yeah i mean though that, that was the greatest i said it's the, that's the greatest day and the greatest weekend i can ever remember like it totally made up for the wild card dreck it was spectacular just spectacular and, 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 and what's, what's interesting, Gil, is that really, like, the Bengals-Titans game wasn't 
terribly good. Right. This 1916, bunch of turnovers, bunch of sacks. Bengals kicked a bunch of field goals. Um, I mean, the night game wasn't good. It was 10. It was 13-10. It was a miserable game. But, you know, the way it ended, right, the block punt and I think, you know, Aaron Rodgers going down the internet was on fire. It's like Saturday's games weren't even good. It was just kind of the dramatic ending of those games that were really good. And obviously on Sunday, the games were just much better. I mean, the Rams tried their best to lose. Obviously the game at night, I mean, dude, I I mean, I'm a Chiefs fan, buddy. I, I don't I talked to a buddy of mine today who called me for um, he's like he's a Bills fan and his wife's from Buffalo like from the area and I couldn't imagine being a Bills oh. fan. I mean like it like it I mean it's like I saw something he's like who should feel worse this weekend Titans fans Bucks fans I went like, Bills fans Bills fans Bills. because Bills there's because by far like Kansas City this was their quote unquote worst season under Pat Mahomes yet right um, now their defense is better than 2018 but it's like the worst they played. I would say, you know, during, you know, parts of the season. And Buffalo specifically designed their team with the intention of beating Kansas City, right? This is what they, this is what they did the entire offseason. Get pass rushers, improve the defense, improve your, try to improve your offensive line, and give yourself the best opportunity to win. And we keep saying things like, oh, they'll be back next year. Uh, yeah. That doesn't really work right there unless, you can't, unless you're Tom Brady or Kansas City. Like, those are the two, the, the two in the last 20 years, it feels like, who can say, yeah, it works for us, right? Otherwise, it really doesn't, right? And so I think Buffalo's fine, but the idea of like, oh, we'll, we'll get it next year, that's tough. That's not really the NFL, so I feel bad for them. Look, I mean, they're, they're up with, with 13 seconds left. I mean, come on. Like, that's... You, you 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 think you're gonna win that game? I I made those very same points yesterday. We did on this show, which which is you just don't know. Like the NFL's littered with you know when Dan Marino made a Super Bowl second year, like oh he'll be back a million times. Never, right? Like there's all kinds of examples of that through Aaron the years. Rogers. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron exactly. Rogers. Exactly. We don't even have to go that far back. That's right. Aaron Rodgers, one Super Bowl appearance. Uh, at least he got the win. Dan Marino did not. So, I mean, I think that's a great point. I, and I said, we were joking. I sent Parlay, uh, Jeff Parlay, my uh, text late Saturday. And I'm like, oh, what was the most gut-wrenching loss? The type, what was the more gut-wrenching loss? The Titans or the Packers, you know, thinking that that was such a, uh, well, it can't get worse than this 24 hours later. It was like, hold my beer on that. Let me, one last question <laughs> about, one last question about this last week. What was the coach? Who was the coach that you felt let their team down the most, whether a head coach or a coordinator? Um, good question. I mean, you know, I just, you go to Ryan Tannehill and he just wasn't very good. I'm not sure that's Todd Downing's fault through the OC is, right? I mean, he just wasn't very good. I don't know what yeah. he could have done differently to make him play better. Um, you know, the night game, like, there's guys open, Rodgers just didn't find them. I mean, obviously, I think the easy answer is the Packers special teams coach, right? I mean, he's technically a coordinator in special teams. I mean, he was terrible. But again, you, know, you hope that your guys block, you know, the guy that, and again, the long snapper just really had no chance. He's that big old defensive lineman that rushed him on the block punt. Um, it, to me, it's, it could be Todd Bowles. I mean, the, the call to zero pressure in that situation against the Rams, especially when the defense looked disoriented on that play. Like, you should have just called timeout. I don't know why coaches I, – I, I mean, it made sense. I, I mean, Andy Reid, his hoarding of timeouts ended up paying off for him. But, like, just call timeout there, Tampa. Like, if you're out of sorts, you're out of whack, like, just take the timeout. It's okay. The Rams, I guess, you know, the, yes, they have an opportunity, but the clock was stopped already. It wasn't like you were stopping the clock in that spot. 
just get the right call in and get ready to play football. So to me, it was probably bulls. Obviously, the idea of the squib kick, yeah, that might have helped. I would have squib kicked if I was Buffalo, but you know, McDermott obviously had got him to this spot. So probably bulls, but again, that's not really fair. I think bulls are a really good coach. Yeah, yeah. I just think if I'm if I'm interviewing coaches, like you're in the room already because I appreciate your X's and O's. I just want to know how you behave in late game situations. That's my whole interview. Yeah, you know, this is the thing that I, I I know we talk about this a lot, but and this is the, the part of it where I think we forget the human part of the games. I know we talk a lot about the analytics. I'm, and I'm look as a as a Chiefs fan, like I mentioned, I was every time the the Bills punted on a fourth and three, I was thrilled. I'm yes. like, great, punt the ball. Yeah, yes, please. Like, so I get going for it on fourth down. I get the two-point conversion stuff, but I think we do forget when we're on social media and, and tweeting about decisions that, you know, these are humans making decisions, right? And there is a human element to late-game decision-making. You can't just decide to make them off a piece of paper. And, again, I'm not, I'm not, there was no situation this weekend where that was really the case. But, you know, when you're in a spot in a late game, you know, you might nail, I mean, I can imagine Joe Judge nailed the interview in New York about what to do in every late-game <laughs> situation. And then he's, you know, he's, doing, he's doing a quarterback sneak on third and eighth, right? Like, I think these coaches are prepared for those interviews. It, it, the question is, what, when, when the game comes and when the human element of, okay, what do we do at the end of games plays in a situation, how do you handle that, right? We, we know that you know, the way Belichick has done stuff over the years or the way even, look, even on, on Sunday, like Sean McVay called timeouts on that fourth and one, oh, where brutal. there was a little, there was some, there was some discombobulation on Tampa, right? Because they thought they had a first down. Yeah, they did. The quarterback, you know, Hockley signaled fourth down. He like specifically, I remember, went in like Tom Brady's face. It was like it's fourth down. Like they were in shotgun. They were kind of discombobulated, and you called timeout. Yeah, and that settled everything down. There was a review. There was a that, that type of stuff where it's like, okay, you might say an interview. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I'd let him. I'd let him screw it up and you get in the game on Sunday, and you call timeout again. It's a very, that's a very small example, short time. Yeah, no, it's a good I, point. I think it's. I think it's. Easy, yeah, I think it's easy to say that on on an interview, but how do you do that on the field? You don't know until you get the opportunity. Yeah, totally. Cut to a shot of me after having interviewed Joe Judge, and I'm like, he's the greatest. I couldn't <laughs> be nailed the interview. All right, we got about we got a minute. <laughs> we got about a minute on each of these. Uh, your thoughts. I think I know where your thoughts are on the AFC game. Let's start there. Chiefs favored by seven over the Bengals. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, Bengals fans. Uh, you're all probably for a world of hurt this weekend. Um, I don't know if you saw the end of the, the post-game celebration in the Chiefs locker room. You know, the, the teams that have been here before, man, like, they're so relaxed. Like, Andy Reid was like, doggone it, what a great game. All right, guys. Like, literally, <laughs> switch flipped. All right. Tomorrow, you know, next week, 2 o'clock, game is here. Like, he, he was like, he spoke about the current game for seven seconds before changing his, you know, his tone to playing Cincinnati. That, like, the, 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 they're so focused on this one goal. And they lost the Bengals, right, like three weeks ago. So, there's no letdown spot. There's no, like, uh And remember, in a rematch, especially in this magnitude, it was 100% favors the Chiefs, right? Because they had so many things in that game that were just unfathomable, like the, the third and 27-0 pressure, right? Leaving Chase man-to-man. The first Chase touchdown, mm-hmm. the, the backside of the defense, like, just walked. They were, like, walking on the field. Yeah. Just go tackle them. And so there's so many things they can change, right? Three, three second-half points, which is so odd. So I think, I think it's going to be a, a big Chiefs win. And in the, in the other game, the, the, the night game, at this point, 
How do you bet against the Niners in this spot? I mean, they've won six in a row against the Rams. There's something about them, the way they play and, and, and their, their conviction in what they do and the physicality. They're not better than the Rams, but they believe they are, right? And the Rams have tried to give games away. The Niners don't do that. Now, probably because they're not good enough at quarterback to give games away. But, like, I just I, – I would take the Niners as a three-and-a-half still. I haven't looked even today. I think I would take them at three-and-a-half. I, I think that's the, the right spot. There. I think the Rams probably win the game, but the Niners – man, I don't know how you bet against them in this spot. Uh, I'm I'm with you. I was saying earlier, I got Rams futures, but if I didn't have that, I think I would take the Ram, the uh, Niners plus the points. They also they they remind you of like those Giants teams that beat the Patriots with the great yeah. defensive line, you know. Um, not necessarily the Eli's corner. Like so much better than yeah, yeah. so much better than Jimmy Garoppolo. That's unfair to Eli. <laughs> yeah, not fair to Eli. Correct. That's where the analogy sort yeah. of uh, loses it. Jeff, always appreciated, man. Thank you so much. Take care, you Have a good weekend. You too. Jeff Schwartz, everybody, from the Jeff Schwartz is Smarter Than You podcast. Wherever podcasts are available, Fox, Sirius, does great work in the Pac-12, by the way, as well. We'll come back. Uh, we'll read through a whole bunch of tweets because uh, we got a lot of feedback on the whole show today. Uh, and Jeff and I with some more thoughts on the championship weekend in the National Football League and some bets right here on the Numbers Game Visa and the Sports Betting Network. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dance, <laughs> Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. 
the numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on the NBA. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game, and if either team hits a three pointer, you'll win $200 in free bets, regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use bonus code VSIN200 when you make your first bet, plus, you'll earn M Life rewards that can be redeemed for rooms and dining at any MGM resort. BetMGM, proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA, proud to be a sponsor of this here program. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code VSIN200 to win $200 in free bets. If a three-pointer is made in the game you wager on, eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Skill Alexander, Jeff Parlay is here as well. Producer number five, producer number eight. Um, picks today, Dan Bespris uh, is on the T-Wolves tonight in uh, the National Basketball Association. T-Wolves giving three. Was it three that they were given? I don't even remember anymore. Yes, giving three uh, in their game tonight uh, in the NBA at um, at Portland. Greg Peterson liked UCLA plus the points against Arizona. Yeah, Greg liked UCLA plus the points against Arizona, getting to three and a half. He did specifically say, don't take the money line, so take the points. Take the points. And then the under in Bama and Georgia. And then I have the over in total games, over 39 and a half total games in the Sinner Tsitsipas match, quarterfinal match at the Australian Open. All of these will be in the VEASAN newsletter, available at VEASAN.com slash newsletter on a daily basis. All the picks from this show and on every show. We get tweets. We haven't even had a chance to go through these today. We get tweets at Beating the Book. Always appreciate the feedback. Trip Tepper. The Kokonakis Curios doubles matches have been the most entertaining part of the Aussie Open that is flying under the radar relative to singles matches. The uh, arena they're playing in uh, is, Davis level, is Davis Cup level intense. It has been awesome. Uh, for those who watch that kind of thing. I have trouble, trip getting them to watch singles, let alone doubles. But, yes, you're absolutely right about Kokonakis and Kyrgios playing for uh, the doubles championship there. Uh, so we'll go back to all the things we talked about on the show. We started out talking about MVP as we go back a couple hours. This is from uh, Foos, TKE340. said, Cam Akers, 50-1, to 1, worth a dart. If Rams-Chiefs is the game, he can win if they game plan to keep Mahomes off the field. Uh, I'm not going to go Cam Akers there. Well, we know McVay's going to keep playing him. Yeah, like, it's, that's a great point. So, like, we were talking about this on primetime action last night, which is it was one thing for Vrabel to stick with Derrick Henry loyal to a fault, right? Because Derrick Henry was clearly rusty coming back, and it was very apparent, right? It wasn't only the fact of, of the stats. You know, the the um, the, the, the two-point conversion, he was really, like, sort of weak to the whole – the fourth and one, he sort of started slow. He was just rusty. And, and you know, who can, who can sort of blame Vrabel for sticking with him because he's Derrick Henry, for goodness sakes. But what was what was McVeigh doing with Cam? Like, what has Cam Akers done to, like, you know, we're not going to put Sony Michelle in at all. We're going Cam Akers. What's the expression? Hell or high water? I don't know what the expression is. Uh, this is from Blue Hen Bill. Oh, he's talking about our mortar kick stuff yesterday. He says, anything during a possession... Oh, no, he's talking about the Eric Weddle play we were talking about yesterday. Anything during a possession between first and fourth down, all penalties affect the drives. Uh, that drives yardage, plus or minus. After the conclusion of a failed fourth down attempt, it's dead. Doesn't matter 
Uh, if it's a split second or five minutes, no continuation, penalty enforced, Rams ball. Blue hand bill, we, we understand how it was ruled. We just don't remember ever seeing it done like that before. We just don't. Like when Todd Wishing was losing his mind yesterday about it. Like when have they ever stopped that play to find out when the ball landed? Bill Hooker, if Iga Sviatek and Ash Body get to the uh, final of the uh, ladies' side of the Australian Open, all will be good in the tennis world, in my opinion. Bill, you know how, uh, how I feel. Have futures on both of those young ladies. Let's just say it would be a lot bigger if Eagle won, though at 16 to 1 and 15 to 1, than if Ash Body wins it. Uh, this is from Web 12 66, talking about our Tom Brady discussion, Jeff, and whether or not he will retire based on his quotes. And this is bettable. And we talked about it. The, the, the market is will he retire before week one of the 2022 23 season? And I asked Jeff to guess what the yes is. And Jeff was like, based on those comments, minus 350. And I said, well, I don't know if I go minus 350, but I would certainly have it in minus numbers. It was plus $4, more than plus $4 on the yes. Web 12-66 says, the kid is absolutely correct. I don't know which kid he's referring to. Tom Brady, Tom Brady is going to play someplace else. Oh, you speculated. Maybe that was it. PJ, Podiatron, Brady not retiring. He's negotiating. Listen, I don't know how many people have wives or girlfriends, but you don't say that out loud. You know what I mean? Just, you don't do that. I'm just saying. I, I will say this. If he does play next year, mm-hmm. I feel pretty good about what I said earlier, that it's not going to be in Tampa. Okay. I do feel pretty good about that. Just uh, like I said, half the, t- half the starters are free agents. They don't have a lot of cap room. It just he's not gonna he's not gonna sit around and play one more year for them to go win a division and not have a real chance. But that to is, win a isn't, Super Bowl. isn't that a feather in the cap of retiring though? Like because like, I, I agree with I, I agree with you there too. Hey Giselle, just so you know, I know you want me to be around and with the kids. Um, so uh, I'm not gonna play for the Buccaneers. I'm gonna go play for them. So I have I have a question for you real quick before you get to the next tweet, Gil. Mm-hmm. Just thinking about this from just an emotional sense of especially family and everything. How many, we we had never seen Tom Brady get bloodied in any circumstance, basically his entire career. You mean a little boo-boo on his lip? Yeah, but Mm -hmm. it was still, they drew blood. Yes. And the Rams hit him all day. Just that alone, you mean? Just that alone. Is that like (laughs) Giselle lost her mind? Basically said, all right, Tom, that's enough. There's blood on his lip. We're done. (laughs) (laughs) There's blood on his lip. I don't know, man. It's not, the, it's not the most outlandish thing. This might have been your most outlandish comment of the day, though, because you got uh, this is Indiana Jet. BetMGM would only let me get down $10 on Robbie Gold at 500-1 to 1 for Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> don't, no, don't bet on Robbie Gold, man. Don't. Uh, this is from uh, Scott, Mad Marine 77 Gil is a huge Pats fan, going back to the Brady thing. Before Brady went to the Bucks about three years ago, uh, two years ago, he was on the record for saying he wants to play till 45. Yes, yeah, so we mentioned that. And is not opposed to mentor his re- to mentor his replacement. Things could have changed, but he's usually set in his way. So he thinks he's coming back too. Uh, Chris Heath, maybe the Chris Chris Heath was maybe the most forward, simple comment of the of the show. He said, "Best automatic plus EV bet one can currently make: Chiefs to win the Super Bowl at plus one forty. Would you make that bet? I if you can find a number at that at that number at this point, yeah. I haven't I, the best I've seen is plus one and a quarter. Shop around, of course. He says, Z free." 
What happens with Pete Carroll could impact a lot of these potential moves as well. Hmm. Well, here's the one question, though. Will it? Is Pete Carroll, is Russell Wilson more likely to stay in Seattle if Pete Carroll is there? Or I don't even have an an answer to that. Yeah, no, that's, again, that's, that's a bit. It's complicated. <laughs> this this often this is the beauty of the NFL now though is and baseball could do whatever they're doing. But these things that are are gonna be such interesting bets come the next month and a half. Because all of this should sort itself out before free agency. And free agency's in March, right? So like you're talking about a six week window here. D uh D Southern Gen. Who actually votes for Super Bowl MVP? Tyreek Hill scored a receiving, rushing, and kick return touchdown all in the same game against the Broncos back in 2016 and wasn't player of the game. Hill's off-the-field indiscretions will always keep him from getting any awards. Did he score all three of those in one game? That I don't remember. I mean, if we're talking about, let's put it this way. If we're talking about a regular season player of the game award. Yeah. If you're handicapping that in the in your Super Bowl MVP cap, right, you're yeah. doing it wrong. Yeah, that's not how you do it. You're doing it wrong. I was like, what are you? Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. I don't want to read that one. Uh, let's see. Rifling through. Oh, okay. Dingers, please. Talk about my Barry Bonds rant. My annual Barry Bonds rant. We are cut from the same cloth on this Hall of, of, on this hall of Fame thing. Preach it. Mark Geiger. Hall of Fame's already a joke with avowed racists like Cobb and many others like him in there, and they're slow-moving on Negro League stars like Josh and Satchel. Bonds was Hall of Famer well before any juicing allegations. Same for Clemens. Barry Lamar Bonds had 400 home runs and 400 stolen bases before he ever grew at all, if you know what I mean. 100%. Uh, Let's see here. Z Freak comes back. This is a good one, actually, because we're talking about the Dan Heron tweet about his appropriate tweet during the end of that great Chiefs-Bills game. How he's like, this, he goes, just a reminder, baseball's in a lockout. Uh, Z Free says, if you turned to who was next to you during the Chiefs-Bills fourth quarter and said, quick, who won the World Series this year? <laughs> how, many, how many answers do you think you would have gotten correct? Not many. Not That's many. also because they didn't play a World Series this year. Not giving it to Atlanta. Not giving it a credit. I was going to say, what no, are you I'm talking about? Oh, I'm I was going to say. All right. And there's more and more, including one from uh, Craig Parlay. But we've run out of time. Go on and on. Appreciate all the feedback uh, to all that we uh, talk about here on the show, whether it's baseball, whether it's football, bets, or otherwise. Going on a Hall of Fame rant. The Lombardi line is next. Enjoy from Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 